Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poulin. Joining me, as always, John Duke. And this team has rattled off 12 straight wins. And everybody in the big three that was supposed to start the season has been injured We've already talked about this so many times, John, but how bizarre is it for this to be unprecedented injuries with, I would say, the team thought to have the least amount of depth over the last several years, and here they are rattling off 12 straight wins, 12-2 and two atop the entire NBA. This is insane. If you can explain to me... You know, in, in other than Brad Stevens is a god terms, good luck. Because I can't understand it any other way. I mean, this is, it's, it's silly season stuff, you know, and you know, we've seen teams that maybe aren't the best team in the league. They've gone through these runs. I'm thinking back to that Houston team back in 08 that, you know, cranked off like 20 something in a row. You know, a good team probably with health might have been there, you know, Western Conference, but we've seen teams do this in the past, but with all that this team has faced, it's not just the one thing of the Hayward injury. It's not just the second thing of them losing, you know, Horford to the, to the concussion and now Kyrie. It's those three things. And then, oh, by the way, all but four of these guys had never played together before in their lives until about six weeks ago. And now they're rattling off 12 wins in a row, 12 and two, number one in the, in the whole freaking thing. Um, I don't get it, man. It's amazing. Brad Stevens, coach of the year. They should give him a coach of the year just for the first 14 games of the it's season. It's everything to do with the defense. Look at the way the Raptors game finished. They get an extra possession after called. I, I think it was, I'm not even sure Jason Tatum elbow touched the player's face, but they call an offensive foul on that last possession right when they finally get a stop. Looks like they're going to be in the driver's seat. What, there was about 13, 14 seconds left. The ball goes back to the Raptors, and they get yet another defensive stand. And I'm going to throw some some love the way of Marcus Morris, too, because there's been some moments where he's been able to generate some offense at a much-needed time. But regardless of that, we'll table that, and we'll obviously talk about Tatum on this on this show. But... The way that the defense has performed, they have really, if they stayed on this pace, a historic 
defense and for them to gut out a win. We saw it against the Lakers. Aaron Baines gets some offense going and you're like, okay. And then the Charlotte Hornets game is kind of a, eh, this is old school half court lockdown defense type of basketball, but it really did all just come to like, like a poignant head in the Raptors game, because that's how they've been gutting out these wins. It's been defensive effort. And, you know, I think a lot of people, when people think of defense, they think one-on-one, on-the-ball defense, the guy who's got their hand up, it's going after, you know, really locking them down, just like you see Marcus Morris locking down, uh, you know, Kemba, uh, Jalen doing the same thing largely with uh, DeMar DeRozan. All of them, you know, great one-on-one play, but that's not really what's doing this. I mean, that's that's one symbol of it, but it's the rebounding. It's it's 48 minutes of that. There's a reason why they're first in defensive rating. You know, it's, there's a reason why you know what they're able to do in terms of um, keeping the other teams, you know, down. They're, they're, I mean, they're doing everything they need to do. They're they're first in, in their effective field goal, pos, you know, percentage. Um, fourth in defensive rebounding percentage. Fourth in defensive rebounding percentage. The same team that a year ago. Yes, I know. All before we're gone, but still, that's that's remarkable. Length, length <laughs> and athleticism equals yeah. rebounding and solid defense because they can switch. And I'm not. Listen, you know I love Isaiah Thomas, and. I hate to even throw some shade his way, but he did limit the defense. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And even Avery Bradley, and I don't want to listen. I'm, I appreciated both of those players. I, I've been saying this all along. I'm so hesitant to say these words, but at the same time, it is such an appreciable improvement of last year, this year with long athletic defenders, guys, they can switch on defense, and it's no big deal. And then I'm going to throw a little shade of Amir Johnson's, and I feel more comfortable with this one in saying that, you know, Amir was a, a great veteran. He's a perfect fit in Philly. But bringing in somebody like Baines to just, you know, power up them biceps and go out there and smack fools around in the paint, boy, has that helped a ton. That toughness gives this team a whole new look over the last three or four years. Yeah, and I think it, it's just one more tool, right? It's, it's you know you can have all the switching and and throwing a lot of six eight guys at teams, and, and obviously we've seen that that's a very successful combination w- with what's gone on in, in Gold State, but obviously even on the younger level with, with the, the guys there in Milwaukee. But you're right. I mean, you're, you're adding with Bain something different that we've had in the past. The strength, the brawn, the guy's willing to mix it up. He doesn't care who he's hitting. Sometimes it's his own players that he's hitting. Uh, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it happens to be the most important player on the oh, team. Oh boy. Yeah, that was tough. But you know, he's doing everything he needs to do, um, in that end, but the switching, that length on the wing, um, I, I, I want to talk about Baines. I do, cause I, but I think that to me, and that Morris, ability, and Rozier, and Larkin, well, but I know where you're going. Let's Jaylen hit the Brown, primary spot. Jalen Rohn, Jason Tatum. Two years ago, you're playing against the Toronto Raptors, and everything's going right. J, you know, IT's I, doing his darndest, and everybody's playing as well as they possibly can. And always falling up short. Always falling short. Today, on a team where you don't have Isaiah, you don't have Kyrie, you don't have Gordon Hayward, um, 
you, the Celtics were able to take that game away from the Toronto Raptors at full strength with, you know, all of their powers. Um, and you can just look at six, seven, Jalen Brown and six, eight or six, nine, Jason Tatum with his go-go gadget arms and his rebounding like Kevin McHale. Yes. Kevin McHale. Um, the dude rebounds like Kevin McHale. The and the arms up, you know, like they look like they're going all the way to the roof, up to the halo there at the top of the, the TD Garden. That's what uh, I loved about Tatum Jesus. last last winter when you started talking about him, and I said, oh, "I'm not gonna go against the grain." Obviously, folds, <laughs> but I really love this guy's length. But you know yeah. what else? We want we can talk about the arms with Tatum all we want. A couple of plays over the last week has shown his length also in the legs. Does he have the longest first step in the NBA? Holy moly. That guy (laughs) covers two steps in his first one. And I know he probably got away with a little bit of a travel in the game against the Raptors when he goes and lays it in. But it is amazing how creative he is finding ways to get around players and not just get around them with that first step, like I just said, but up and around them with his long arms through their action. Like they will, to your point about how he rebounds, the defender will have their arms up in the air and he can get that shot off around those arms because he's so long and lay it in behind the defender's reach. This is insanity. And I will also say, just to your point about the Raptors, if you remember last year, who's the player I couldn't wait to see match up against DeRozan, and yet it never came to fruition? It was Jalen Brown. And they did not play the Raptors style of ball this year, and I think that's where they got caught last season, up and down, up and down, up and down, and then Valanchunas beat the crap out of the Celtics. Well, now they have their own Valanchunas in Baines, and at the same time, they're able to slow down the Raptors' offense entirely. And that right there is such a stylistic difference into your approach against the Raptors. No longer am I afraid of that team in terms of matchups like I was the last two seasons. I love that. Absolutely. I, that, I'm glad you said that, afraid. Because I wasn't afraid, but there was a team. But you had to be a little bit because you knew what they were capable of, and you knew the matchup was just awful with your six-two shooting guard and your any lack of anyone with size to be able to bang with with Valanciunas. Now you throw Baines in there, Valanciunas doesn't even see the court there at the end, a lot of games because he doesn't have that switchable, you know, pull people from the paint type ability, and so. You, you can finish games with Horford as your five and, you know, Tatum and Brown and Rozier and Smart, which is end up the, the way you close that game out against the, the Toronto Raptors. And who gets the rebound clinching it? Marcus Smart, your six, four, you know, point guard, shooting guard. Um, that's, that's what's impressive about this team is that you make, you make the other team follow your lead in terms of matching ups. And then you've got, Guys at every position who can do everything. And to go back to Tatum, you know, he's grabbing rebounds. Um, and I just, that drive, um, on the left side where he lays it up with his right hand and seemingly, seriously, it's a go-go gadget, you know, situation where his right hand like somehow turns 180 degrees and lays it in on that side with his whole body going the other way. It was like, it was artistry in motion, you know. This was uh, how if, about the uh, baseline spin move amazing. earlier in the oh game? My, oh my gosh! 
This is where the comparisons to Paul Pierce have come out, the creativity and the way he's able to use his physical strengths. But but they're not the same style. They're not the same style. But I see the comparison of, okay, here's a guy who they want to say not not as athletic. No, there's no no mistaking about – you cannot mistake his athleticism. The only thing you can say is he may not be a jump-out-of-the-gym leaper. He may not – you know, there may be certain – you know, his first step isn't as quick as many people in the NBA, but it may be the longest. And so it's mm-hmm. effectively just as quick. If he can get around his man and make that move, it's just as good as being as quick. And so I see the comparisons to Paul, but what you were just describing, the way he got his hand, and then that spin move, that's nothing like Paul. That's like, no. that's quick twitch that's muscle speed. Yes, absolutely. It's Mikhail. It's a smaller, quicker, more agile you know, six eight version of Kevin McHale is what he is. Uh, I mean, he can put the McHale. Let's, let's remember, McHale was athletic enough that he was the one guarding Dominique Wilkins in those games. You know, he was the one who always had the tougher front court defensive matchup because his length and size was able to dominate. And what did he also have? He had that innate ability to use the skills that he had learned in the post to destroy the torture chamber. They call it. You know, that's. I don't think that certainly Tatum isn't a back to the basket guy. He's a face up guy, but he's got those gadgets. He's got those little weird things that he can do. Um, and he's got that feel, that feel that guys, only special players have. Um, he's a different guy, but I, I see if we're looking back with the greats in terms of who's the guy who matches up, who looks the most similar. I'm really thinking it is Mikhail. It's that even the jumper with those straight arms going up and, you know, he looks like, um, you know, he, <laughs> he looks like a couple parallel lines going up with his legs and his arms with that white uniform. It's just straight up and down ball at the front, you know, and it's, it's money every time. Um, I'm so impressed with where Jason Tatum is. And, and, I just one other. He doesn't point. look like a rookie, except when no. the officials blow the whistle on some weird stuff. And and that's I know exactly he's not right. perfect, but that's the only time he looks like a rookie is when he gets treated like one by the officials. Right. They got to give him those calls, but I think the team's got to look for him more. You know, you know, there were a couple of possessions, final five minutes, where you know, they kind of go away from him a little bit. And I'm not saying you feed him, you know, like you would a star. He is the guy who seems to be able to get you a bucket when you need a bucket. Uh, and I think that they need to look to that more. I don't, is Brad holding back a little bit and saying, you know, let's move it around a little bit more? I'm not really sure, but I feel like he can handle more of the scoring load in those crucial situations. Uh, he's, he's certainly shown it that he's capable of it. It would have been awesome if Hayward were healthy to see Horford, Hayward, and Kyrie swinging the ball around the perimeter, looking for an opportunity to feed Brown or Tatum when it gets spaced out and for them to just attack. That, if we ever get to see it, I know we'll get to see it next year. It would be great if we got to see it towards the end of this year. But, boy, would that be just punishing on defenses. Yeah. To your point, I agree. I think that Tatum needs to be given the ball. He needs to be able to attack. And the way that Al Horford is playing this season, there's no doubt in my mind that when Kyrie comes back, and we got lucky only one game missed by Horford, and it looks like only one game missed by Kyrie, both due to concussion protocols. But 
when both of those guys are back, I think you might get what you're looking for. I think right now they're just utilizing anybody and everybody who's the hot hand. I mean, Larkin was the hot hand. You talked about Smart. I know they didn't go to him, per se, a ton down the stretch, but they just spread it out and gave everybody a shot. Morris had a tough shooting night, or a shooting afternoon, I should say, but look at Marcus Smart's line. 14 points, 9 assists, 5 rebounds, 2 steals. I mean, he killed it against the Raptors. Yeah. And so did he have that one little fadeaway down in like, I think it was in the last two minutes, last three minutes, and it wasn't really strong. Yes, he did. But I think Tatum will grow in this role. I think they'll trust him more. I just think that right now they don't want the opponent's defense to see what's coming and be one dimensional and think they're spreading it around. But as they see Tatum, be able to handle doubles and work through that and make the pass. And that's one thing. He's a willing passer. And him being a willing passer is going to make it much more likely that he gets those opportunities late in games. Totally. Totally. And, and I think, you know, to, to, to that point, you know, this, that smart play is one, the one that kind of stood out in my mind where, you know, he's hitting that fallaway jumper. That's not, that's not him. And I think that was why go to what you're good at and go to your best your best outcome, go to your best matchup. And those instances, some of that's the inexperience of the guys on the court. But that's really where I'd like hope that Horford would kind of take lead and say, look, this is the best matchup we got to go to here. Um, I, I feel like that uh, to, to Smart's point, I, I think that's he had a great day. Uh, I think he did a lot more north-south getting to the basket a lot more, trying to get into the lane and trying to finish you, uh, you know, at the rim. I, to me, that's where his success lies, is being able to get by a bigger guy and get to the bucket and get to the foul line. I think if he can start doing that with any sort of regularity, I think his whole other his whole other game opens up for him. The problem well, is you, he's just you that mentioned... kind of standstill shooter. Mm-hmm. He, he, there, that's not his strength. So if he's going to the rim, then I think he eases up a little bit offensively when he's shooting. And and I think we saw that with those those kind of above-the-break threes he's making. Yeah, he needs to be a little bit more like Russell Westbrook. Attack first, shoot outside later. That play that you mentioned with the with the fallaway being the one that stuck out in – I mean the fadeaway that stuck out in your mind, there was the other play where he totally killed him on a crossover. He didn't wind up finishing at the rim, but right. there was – there was essentially a double. He had two defenders right in front of him and just crossed him up and went right through. And he needs to do that more. Just attack the rim and learn how to finish. He, him, he and Jalen are very similar in that. Not really polished at the rim when they attack. But oh, boy, yeah. if they could figure it out. <laughs> if the, if the two of them could figure out how to just do what Kyrie does and smooth that ball in at the end of that play. Boy, would they be tough. Both of those players would be tough because then they'd get space on that out shot, outside shot. That's really what troubles them. Jalen had that nice mid-range shot. There was a moment there. He hit a corner three. Then he hit pretty much a straight on mid-range shot. And it was nothing but the bottom of the net. He needs to play within himself more and see where his spots are. I feel like I got a little bit more patience with Jalen Brown on that. Whereas Marcus Smart should have got there by now. This is year four. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's true. Um, I, Marcus, 
he does excel in other areas. And I think we saw Jalen excelling in other areas as well tonight, you know, and showing the other, you know, going back last week, you know, the rebounding game against uh, the Hornets was tremendous. And that, that's the type of maturity as a player. Like, look, I'm not scoring, but I can get help other else, other places. Um, I think Jalen has a higher ceiling in terms of his offense, but he, his ability to understand when it's there and when it's not there, uh, is, is really, uh, probably the most, the concerning piece with him. You know, he drives in, he sees, you know, five guys. I'm going to go through it, the whole thing. Um, uh, he's, his handle is just not where it's got to be. You know, I know he's been working on it, but it's reading. It's not just the handle though. It's the handle and the read of, of what the defense is throwing at him and how to counteract that. He has special athleticism. But he needs to adjust that athleticism to the NBA game. And so some of those are kind of rookie mistakes that he's still making. Uh, the other thing is, like you said, the finish at the rim thing. Like tonight, he came up, you know, ready to throw down a hammer. I mean, he was going to destroy the – How did the, that all, not go all, in? I don't even he understand was, it he with was all a, that he momentum. He was put away from the hoop. He was trying to do like a, like a, a Dwight Howard, I'm going to throw the ball at the hoop kind of dunk. You know, because, he, oh, wait, I'm too far away. I can't get it there. You know, like, it's just weird. And it happens a lot where he goes up and I'm going to go finish. And then he realizes, oh, wait a second. I'm, I'm two feet. I'm, I'm not close enough or I'm, I jump too soon. It's a weird thing. Like, he just, his spatially, he's not very aware. Maybe he needs to wear some glasses Contact out there. Contacts. Go with, go with like, uh, you know, the Rambus glasses. I mean, that would be a good look with the, the high top fade. Just a thought. I don't know. <laughs> that would definitely be that. totally old school. That would be classic. The Ram is the short shorts. The, yep. Yep. That would be something. I know what you're saying though. He's had that a couple of times. Remember last year he went up and was just way short. And even still, I think he got blocked. I think he met, um, I can't remember the game, but he went up and just, he was way short and yet he still met the defender's hand uh, right. and just right. came right back down. I was like, nah, you got to get a little bit closer. Yeah. That's definitely yeah. true. You know, somebody like Terry Rozier too, we haven't talked about him a lot other than no. I think on a couple of shows ago, we said, Hey Terry, it's playoff Terry to start this year. But I will tell you, he's killer from three. It, I almost expect it to go in more than not. And I know his percentage isn't necessarily like what we saw from Tatum through several games, but I really trust Terry to score. When he's out there, he's making plays. He's had some drives where the ball's gotten loose. And I also don't understand, like, there were some weird calls in the last several games. Just weird stuff. And even in the Atlanta game, I thought that one was going to totally get away from us because it looked like Dwight Howard was going to bully us. And the next thing you know, he's just completely shut down for the rest of the game. Nice adjustment there by Stevens. But going back to Rozier, he's been a real big part of this, especially, you know, for that second unit. I know he's not really able to direct the offense still yet, but we are seeing him with the ball in his hands even more. And he may, I may have to choke on those. I think he's only a two guard. He may eventually develop the ability to, to pass, but right now his scoring has been a huge uplift for this team. And, and remember this is the group we didn't think could score as the second unit. You and I argued about it before the season got underway. Terry, Terry is making me eat my words, which is great. It's a wonderful thing. Uh, I, I you and I disagree. I, I think the position of this basketball makes it 
less apparent, you know, what the, what the position is, but you're right. The skill is still the issue, you know, and his ability to go there and have that same command of the offense. He doesn't have what Marcus Smart has in that ability. He doesn't, he doesn't see the game from that perspective, but he's such a dynamic scorer. Uh, and now has added a finishing ability that he didn't have last year. And that's, and that's a promising thing, I think, for a guy like Jalen Brown, because Jalen is, is really, I think, having some trouble finishing on his initial drive. And Terry, for two years, couldn't do it either. And he's made that adjustment. And so this is, you know, that's, you know, one of those things where, you can see how guys can learn to shoot. Terry has gotten his shot going. You know, you can see Jalen is gonna, is, is improved greatly in that area. So the Celtics are proving that they can develop players, make them better players, make them a bigger threat on the offensive end. Uh, and Terry has been, I don't know where the Celtics would be right now offensively, particularly in the last two games without Terry Rozier. He is a mini Kyrie. You know, he's, he's doing, he's trying to do all the fancy dribble moves, you know, try to create offense. But what he does that very few guys on this team are doing is he's getting to the bucket. He can get by his guy and create havoc in the paint. Um, and that is allowing and he gets a lot of long rebounds to get open. Yeah. Well, he's major contributor on wait. the rebounding side for sure. Okay. Here's a question. I want to ask you this. Is there anything that gets Mike Gorman more excited? Than a Terry Rozier <laughs> rebound. Anything? I don't think so. I think, you're right. He Mike really it. lights it up. Now I will. We're going to save this part. I haven't heard a lot of Mike thanks to a really bad NBA <laughs> app. Yet again this year, League Pass. You're going. To, we'll save it for the end. Everybody is pretty much tired of hearing me complain about League Pass, but seriously, smoke coming out of my ears again on Sunday afternoon. So we'll talk about it at the end of the show. So we'll table that. Um, the few that I've been able to see as a home broadcast with League Pass, it sure does seem like Mike Gorman gets pretty excited for a Terry Rozier rebound. Oh All right, so look, we've gotten uh, we've crossed over the midway point of the show. We're definitely going to talk about League Pass. We're going to talk about Marcus Morris a little bit because we haven't gotten into him, and it's nice to see him fully healthy this past week. I think he's really worked himself into the offense, but I also want to be, I also want to remind everybody to follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media and the Facebook page, facebook.com slash CLNS fans. Download the CLNS Media app. It's on iOS and Android. You simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. And don't forget the YouTube channel. It's got a whole cast of characters this season and very entertaining. YouTube.com slash CLNS Media. It's got high-definition, full-length locker room interviews and the Garden Report. Not to mention the Celtics Roundtable, which we haven't talked about on the show in a while. But excellent, excellent work there. So, John. Killing it. Killing it. Let's talk about uh, Marcus Morris. We'll leave about five minutes at the end for me to blow a gasket over the league pass. But Marcus Morris has, I would say, worked himself into this team 
pretty well. And then you look at those two defensive plays down the stretch of the Charlotte Hornets game. I know you referenced the defense on Kemba, but there were two plays where he really had excellent body control defensively not to make the foul and to put all that on-ball pressure that was needed. And it was in the switch, so there you go with the success of this Celtics defense being centered around the ability to switch. That's a great example of it there. So I want to get your take on Marcus Morris, and I want to leave some room for Yabu who very similarly had a gaffe and then also sort of, um, you know, saved himself or came out and still contributed. There goes Brad Stevens trusting his his players. But let's talk about Marcus Morris. We'll fit in Yabu, and then I'll flip out about League Pass. So I think Morris has, as well as a player can do without really getting much of a of a training camp to speak of and, and a limited training camp at that for all NBA teams. He's done as much as you possibly could ask in this situation. Uh, he's come in. He's, as you said, he's hit the key shots. Um, he's not on the court at the end of games right now, other than, you know, obviously the, the you know, today's game here against Toronto, uh, but obviously crucial minutes uh, at the end of that Charlotte Hornets game. You can just say that Brad is trusting, you know, you said it, he's trusting these guys, you know, he's, he's going out there and he doesn't care who it is. If you're able to go out there and give good minutes, you're going to play for this team. Um, and Yabu, uh, kudos again to Stevens because he said, you know what? I didn't tell him correctly or I didn't coach him well enough on that situation in terms of you're the one who's going to go foul in this instance and not foul in this other. He got them mixed up. You know, it happens. But they are emblematic of where this team is in that it's a lot of people who are thrown together and probably no more so than those two players um, in in fitting into this quilt of a team that the, the Celtics have pulled together. And, you know, as we sit here on the precipice of playing, you know, the vaunted Golden State Warriors here Thursday night on TNT, that's not, a, you know, that doesn't have to be a league pass. So you'll have to, you'll get the chance to actually. That's hear when things the, go right. But yet, once right. again, I don't get to hear my boys, Mike and Tommy, no, when no. and a sprinkling of scow on the road. It's just driving oh. me crazy. You know, you know how well anybody who's listened to the show over the years should know how fond we are of Mike Gorman and Sean Grandy. And you know, Mike, a huge supporter, told us we were way out ahead of it when we started doing this. Well over a decade ago, I want to say almost 13 years ago, John. Yeah. Yeah. And Baker's and, dozen. Yeah, definitely a Baker's dozen. And so, <laughs> and he supported us from very early on, as did Sean Grandy. We're not really doing guests anymore on the show, but they're with us in spirit, so to speak. But I will say, I miss Mike and Tommy. So it's definitely painful for me to not be able to see them. So yes, TNT on Thursday, Golden State Warriors, really the week to come. We've got a matchup against the Nets, who are, I guess, improving the Golden State Warriors. And then I think the only other game is a rematch against the Atlanta Hawks. And I think that's next Friday. I think it's a Monday. Is it a Monday, Wednesday, Friday week? No, it's a Tuesday, Tuesday Thursday, Thursday, Saturday. I yep. do love the every other day. Like the limited back-to-backs mm. is not only good for the players, it's good for me. You know, just the amount of time that I have to watch <laughs> basketball. It fits into my schedule so much better. Thanks for fitting it, fitness all in. Uh, yeah, thanks NBA. for thinking about Appreciate the fan. <laughs> now if you can well, just also, make it so I can listen to my home team broadcasters, well, that would be great. 
That would be nice. Uh, and Turner, uh, is the one you gotta worry about because they're the ones in charge of league pass. So, you know, if anyone, there is a certain merger going on right now between AT&T and, and Time Warner, which, uh, includes Turner Broadcasting. So you, know, you could let the FCC know perhaps. And I don't know if the, or whoever handles these things, but anyway, um, yeah, no, the I, TNT app streams just fine. I'll say it that way. So, league, get your we'll act get there. together. We'll get yeah. there. We're not there but, yet. So, well, Golden State Warriors on Thursday. Yeah, that's let's really the game. That. What's your prediction for the week? And then we'll focus. I mean, I'm going to say right. two and one. I'm going to go with a loss against Golden State. I think we will have everybody back. But this streak has to end, and I don't think it's ending against the Nets. So, I'm going to go with Golden State. Um, and then I think they take uh, another matchup against the Hawks. So I'm going to go two and one this week, and then you and I can break down Golden State. What's your prediction? You're going three and zero, aren't you? I just know you. <laughs> I know you. You're going three and zero. Look, okay. So the Nets Russell's out for a few games. I think they take that Nets game. We don't have the Nets picks. So we don't have that weird. You know, we got to beat them because it doubly hurts if we lose. So that's over. So Thursday night, right? So let's look at what we've got here. <laughs> Steph, <laughs> Clay, uh, Draymond. That's a tough matchup. Length and the ability to switch. It sounds familiar, that's doesn't it? The thing, right? And so Celtics are playing well. Warriors right now, ten and okay. three. I mean, they've got three. one more loss. As right. of today, one more loss. I think they actually play yes. Sunday night, so we're recording before their next game. It could be 11-3, and three, and technically in the standings, they'd be equal. And I think we're going to have Kyrie back with a mask on. He's going to be like fan of the opera situation with a mask on his right side. Um, yeah, I'm going to take him. I'm going to say 3-0, and oh, baby. I think they can do it. Uh, you're I such they a can do homer. It. I don't care. You know what? you got to believe. In the words of Julian Edelman, you gotta believe. I think they could do it. I think they, I think they're playing well. I think Kyrie can be a real problem for Steph on the, on the other end. We saw that in the finals the last three years and, and especially two years ago, uh, the year that Cleveland won. Um, the Celtics have the length to bother KD and, uh, and Clay. And I think they have a switchable enough a lineup that, um, they can throw, they can match in terms of size. The question is, can they can they match in terms of ability and skill? Uh, that's where it's going to be hard, and where we saw the teams, uh, the Celtics teams of the Jay Crowders and the Avery Bradleys, they got by on grit, you know, and they were able to kind of gut their way through it. They well, got by the last, on the last Avery week, Bradley. The Celtics team has. I mean, haven't yeah. we seen that? This team but, has just as much grit, and it's the guy who's standing on the sidelines that that instills that. So three and zero. Let's go for it. Avery Bradley was a big key defensively on Steph Curry in those previous matchups against the Golden State Warriors the last two years. Every single one a close game and an even split between the Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. That's amazing, especially when you look at how much better, at least appearingly, to start this season the team is than it has been when it's previously played Golden State. I do think this may be the one scenario, and you know how much I've praised Jalen Brown, the defense, switchability, etc. This may be the one scenario where Avery Bradley's absence does hurt. He was able to get up in Steph 
Curry's mug. And that's not a switchability thing. That's the fact that that cat hits three-pointers from four steps behind the arc. And Avery was somebody who could bother all of that. He could fight through the screens and stay right on him like glue. I think that even with the switchability of this Celtics team, Steph faces that quite a bit and finds a way to get his shot off. I'm a little concerned still. And Clay is long, so, you know, it kind of negates that. It's not like that length of the Celtics necessarily gives them an advantage defensively when they do switch, and that's really what you're looking for. But I think just the range of three-point shooting on that club, specifically Steph, and without Avery Bradley, could be problematic. That's where I'm chalking up the loss. All right. Well, I, I and I think that's fair. I think that we don't know how Kyrie can perform uh, in this offense, in this situation, without a guy like LeBron James there to carry the weight. Um, he's going to have to be the primary scorer and be the defender on, I'm not going to say their best player, but I'm going to say they're probably their most dangerous scorer. And that's, that's a lot to ask, but who knows? I mean, we saw a closing lineup tonight of, of, uh, Rozier in that situation. And I think Rozier has the length and the, and the, and the, the quick twitch stuff to be able to bother, bother, bother a guy. I can say it. Bother a guy like Steph Curry. Uh, don't you think it also comes down to Horford? I mean, look at the way he played so efficiently. Um, well, really since the start of the season, but I would say his first game back or after a game off against the Raptors, eight for nine shooting, 21 points. It's just ridiculous. I think if he can keep that floor spaced out, and he is hitting his three-pointers at just an outrageous clip. I mean, his shot is so smooth right now. I hope it stays that way. Um, but that could space the floor. That could create problems. And I think Kyrie gets hopefully one game under his belt against the Nets to warm back up, and they get their two-man thing going on. With the bench having a lot of confidence, that's how I see the game get won. If Horford stays right on task like he did, didn't even miss a beat with that one game off, if Kyrie can do something similar or fight through it in the Nets game and be ready and amped up for Golden State, which I think he will be, but effectively will he be as good on the floor wearing the mask, etc. If he can get that to that point where they have that two-man thing and then this this second unit, this monster sub that package that has just come in and won these last several games with, with their stars being out or alternating being out on a nightly basis, that would be the antithesis to my uh, Avery Bradley is going to be deeply missed theory on that game. Yeah. I, I, I think that the secret here lies in the bench unit. I think the bench is really – Gold State's had to cut their bench back. I mean, yes, they were able to keep Iguodala and they were able to keep um, you know, Livingston. They've got – you know. JaVale McGee. Um, but to me, if the Celtics bench can make hay in that, you know, late first quarter, early second quarter, late third, early fourth, they can get a, they can pull a W. If, if they, if they've become what they've been at sometimes, which is a, a group that can't get offense going, can't seem to find itself, can't seem to, to, to create the type of offense it needs. Then yeah, they're going to lose. But I I think that's where the, the key spots can the Celtics bench provide enough depth and enough of a oomph to push through. And and really, you look a lot at Jason Tatum in that situation because Tatum is often the primary scorer with Rozier in those in those units. So 
can he take advantage perhaps when, when Durant's off the floor? Um, my guess is he's going to be matched up with Durant, uh, which has got to be wild for a guy like Jason Tatum no starting doubt. his career in this type of situation. But it could be a situation you see Marcus Morris out there in that situation because you know he's got the, you know, he's been there, done that. And and Tatum maybe isn't ready for the spot. They have to bully him. They have to bully him inside and switch on the perimeter and just just push, push, push them back and push them back because you know Golden State State's going to make those shots. But if they start getting easy ones inside, then you know they'll just start carving this awesome vaunted Celtics defense apart. That's the one other encouraging thing. If they can slow down Toronto, maybe they can also slow down Golden State. I think that would help them a ton. But Golden State is so good at just getting scoring bursts from out of nowhere and just all of a sudden everybody's all confused. Brad will be quick with the whistle for timeouts. I, I definitely think so. And let's wrap this baby up. Let me just tell you a little story before we close <laughs> today's episode, because every year I complain about NBA league pass, no longer living in new England. You know, obviously I used to live like you in Maine and I was driving to the games and covering the games, et cetera, et cetera. And then I made a move to Pennsylvania about seven or eight years ago. And I've relied on NBA league pass for my games ever since then. And now it's kind of like the age of Napster for video. So if I want, if I want to, I can illegally source the videos now sometimes or the live, the, the live feed. Now sometimes that means I have to listen to the Raptors broadcasters. Not my preference. Okay. Not my preference. Stay calm. <laughs> Every year I go through this. So I'll just tell you what happened today, John, because I paying for a product I can't use and then I Literally go and watch a feed that is not legally distributed. And I want to do this the right way, but you have to deliver on the product that you are selling me, and it is the NBA's product. I mean, it's not like I'm paying somebody else. I get it, the Turner thing, blah, blah, blah. But the NBA has to fix this. That app is junk, and it's been junk. And I don't know how many different times they've revamped it, but it's never done what it's supposed to do. And this is what happened today, John. It's the first quarter. I'm getting all excited. I've logged in 15 minutes early. And then that little timeout circle just starts and spinning and spinning and spinning. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's my Internet. Now, I have unlimited data so that I can watch these games on League Pass on the road um, without having to worry about data. And so I take my Wi-Fi off. And I have two Wi-Fi feeds at my house. I have a 5 gigahertz and a standard feed of Wi-Fi. Plus, I have unlimited on Verizon. So it's not like I'm lacking for data. So I switch to the 4G from Verizon. It's still spinning. It spins. It spins. I restart my phone. I restart my router. Oh, it's game time. Oh, it's 8 to 7, and I haven't seen anything yet. Why is that? Because... Just as Marcus Smart brings the ball up the floor, doo, 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 all of a sudden the spin, and then the next thing I see is Jason Tatum cruising down after a nice score, except I didn't see anything actually happen. There was three minutes left in the first quarter before I finally found an illegal feed that I could trust, right? Because, you know, that's that's the whole point, too. But I got it on my phone, and then I used the great 
Google screencast on the Chromecast to the TV, and I'm able to watch the rest of the game without any spinning. So I'm just telling you, it is 100%. I've tried so many different angles. I've isolated it to NBA League Pass incompetence. We have three minutes to close. Any thoughts there, John? Because you have the luxury of being local and watching Comcast Sportsnet or NBCSN. In the words of a guy who you can't hear right now or because of the spinny thing, these guys are ridiculous. That's all I have to say. It really I don't know. is miserable, dude. It's crazy. I, I don't know I what really to tell feel. you. It's a reason for me to never move and never get up cable. And if that's what Turner's trying to get you to do, is to never have to stop paying a cable bill to Charter or DirecTV or whoever, they're succeeding. But to really make this work, and as you see cord cutters continue to walk away, they're going to walk away from League Pass, too. And they're going to go find, you know, illegal streams that are available out there. And you're never going to be able to shut those I down. I literally am a paying customer. And yet I'm still encouraging the illegal behavior, right? And it's not cheap. League Pass is not cheap. It's, it's not. Expensive. I'm paying a lot of money for that. So here's my thing. Just let me buy it from NBCSN. They have their own streaming app, and they stream it to anybody who's out of market or in market when if they live there and get their cable there. And I can't yep. get cable in New England, so that's not an option. Release the hounds. Just let me buy it from NBCSN. Please, please. All right, John, we're going to wrap the show. I'm going to blow a gasket 100%. It's been a great week. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Golden State Warriors game. 12 in a row. Week. 12 in a row. Just think about that. 12 That's in a row. Insane. Justin. 12 and 2 12 in a row. right Just now. Think that. Positive, man. <laughs> I wish I could see it live streaming. It's a sad story. Sad, sad story. This broadcast will be available legally on demand on the CLNS Media <laughs> mobile app. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everyone except the NBA League Pass app for tuning in. And a reminder that you can help support the show by tweeting at NBA your complaints about the League Pass app. Or subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a great rating and a review and a poor rating and a review to League Pass because your feedback is important to the show and the NBA and specifically me. For staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poole, and thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.